And we welcome you inside another edition of the Hoop Ball Sacramento Kings podcast. Sam Comente here with you, alongside, as always, the incomparable, the all-knowing Jill Adge. And Jill, I want to throw this stat out from the get-go, just to flex the stuff that I know, and the fact that I also look at Twitter. Five years ago today, five-year anniversary of the home opener, regular season home opener at Golden 1. And the Kings lost, of course, to the Spurs, 102 to 94. It was a fun night, but but it was a fun night. They kept it close. They kept it close the whole way. It was a fun night. I remember it like it was yesterday. The beautiful arena that is still just as beautiful today. Opened five years ago. Crazy how time flies. That's crazy to think about that. Yeah, it is kind of that. So 2016, 2016 seems like an eternity ago. I just graduated high school. That's how crazy that is. Um, And now it's back from studying abroad. There you go. (laughs) We're all having important moments in our lives. Now let's hope they can actually get a playoff game in that stadium this year on the fifth year of Mm -hmm. its existence. (laughs) Um, It's still so sad. (laughs) Yeah, that's find a way to make that uplifting, cool thing. Kings staying in Sacramento, somewhat depressing, but that's what the Kings are. Good with the bad. All right, so tonight we're recording this a couple hours before tip-off in Phoenix. It's Kings versus Suns, two one and two teams going at it. Both teams clearly at one and two, needing a win, wanting a win. Yeah, and I was shocked that Phoenix actually has a worse defensive rating than the Kings right now. What? Like, that surprised me. Hashtag positives. How much worse is it? We're we're a better offense and defensive team compared to them right now. So, come on, let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, we have the upper hand, and we're looking like we're having fun in pregame drills. The coaches are running. Luke Walton looks like he has no uh, ACLs or anything in his legs. I don't know. I, I think you saw the video. Yeah, see, and I just love seeing that stuff because while all of us fans are over here like, oh, my gosh, they're like, you know, they're just out there having fun. (laughs) Yes, and practicing ball movement, too, which is nice um, because we can't see them. I I can't bear to see them go stagnant again with the ball movement in the third consecutive game. Start of a four-game road trip for the Kings. I think rather important that they start out with a win um, before they move on to playing new Orleans, which is also a winnable game. And then the last two games are going to be a little bit more tough in Dallas. And then of course in Utah. So for this game tonight, the Suns are going to be without uh postseason legend sixth man. Cameron Payne is not going to be out on the court tonight. And then Dario Saric has not played all season, I believe with like an ACL correct. injury. If that's correct. Cool. So two big uh, bench guys, glue guys, if you will, for Phoenix. So going into this game, Jill, let's go ahead and uh, give our three keys each for this game you of course starting out for us um i mean i think this one's probably pretty self-expected fox like let's i want to see a good uh a good fox game key number one versus fox (laughs) got it uh next is limit turnovers so protect the ball yes appreciate the ball here you go it's your friend and um consistency across both halves so my three things, like what I felt like lost them the last two, you know, the last two games they lost was we need a Fox game, protect the ball and be consistent across the two halves. And I, you give yourself a good shot. Yeah. I think those would probably be, if you were to ask most people, those would probably be their three main keys as well. Uh, especially highlighting, emphasizing the play the same across two halves. Because that's going to be the the main topic of discussion for this Kings team until they can show us they can do it. And, and really, truly, they I think we've discussed we've discussed a lot of this. I don't, I don't know if we've mentioned this point that they really got lucky, if we're being honest, against Portland, that they won that game because they 
they did exactly what they did against the Jazz and the Warriors and that they gave out in the second half. But at least in Portland, they were able to stave off the attack from, from Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum because Harrison Barnes kept making clutch team that's going through their own issues as well. And a team that's going through <laughs> their own issues, right? Yeah. yeah. New coaching staff, uh, new pieces off the bench for that Portland squad. But yeah, it's, it's like, they could very easily be on three, but then people could also make the argument. They could very easily be three and oh, that's my favorite. Three no. Yep. Favorite yep. thing about this early in the season is you can, you can spin anything any way you want. Uh, Cause it's three fucking games. We haven't really right. got to and guys are still getting their legs under it. Like it's yes, it's it's three games. And for a team that's missed the playoffs for, for 16 years, unfortunately, we look at every game as the game. <laughs> yeah, right. Every game is a playoff game. That's you know, that's kind of how we view it. It's a good point. Um, I, I follow a, a beat writer. This could be for, the game that cost them. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're gonna look back at it and be like, remember game four? Game four. That's what that's why we're not in the, in the plan. I follow this beat writer uh, for the athletic. He covers the Raiders. He's a football beat writer, but today made me laugh because his tweet earlier was, I love everyone's. This is what he said. He goes, I love everyone's very, very, very early NBA overreactions. It's been three games or something like that. It's like, it's mm-hmm. exactly what we've been thinking. This guy who doesn't even cover the sport is just like, you guys need to all calm the fuck down. Everyone relax. Yeah. I did. I did see some something or a tweet pass by thing. I think it was from 1140 about already grading the first three games and this stuff. Like I know as fans, we overreact, but yeah. Um, and, and what we've said before too, is yes, a lot of these guys are the same, but they're also being asked to give new roles this season. So yes, there's continuity, but there's also new expectations along with new roles that all of these guys are having to play. So it's not like you're going in two or three years in a row of continuity of the same role. You no, know, so yeah. I, I do think that, um, you know, we need to be cognizant of that. And uh, that's what these early games are hopefully going to be there for to get the kinks out and have these guys settle, you know, end up settling in. Yeah, very At some true. Point. <laughs> They're going to have to. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So again, it's always the hope that they figure something. They figure it out. So, yeah. Um, my three keys to share them, and they're the second one's exactly the same as yours. I, I wrote less turnovers and circled it. So same thing you said. But my first and third keys are different. First one, I guess. What was your first one again? It was just Fox. So this kind of ties into. Fox. I want to see. A, I want to see a Fox game. Yeah. Right. So my first key was better pace, which begins and ends with De'Aaron Fox. Uh, and Luke Walton said that in his post game or his practice presser yesterday, that the the pace and the execution, they, I think he said attention to detail, were lasping, were dipping as they went further in the game. You know, kind of like which a is spiel. all too common with this team, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's it's a spiel about mental fortitude that athletes have been hearing since you know they were kids. I, I heard right. the mental fortitude yep. speech many times in sports. I sure <laughs> sure you did too. Um, and it's not easy. Oh, yes. it, never get, it never gets easy. Nope. That's that's what's incredible about it is you think as you get to the pros. Now you're getting paid a million, millions and millions of dollars to have mental fortitude. It doesn't mean it's always there, uh, especially with, with new pieces and, you know, coming out of the pandemic, playing games in a different, well, I guess more normal way, but different way from last year. So yeah, better pace, my first one. And then the third one that I've touched on in previous podcasts is the bench production. It's someone other than mm-hmm. Buddy Heald who didn't even score very much last game, very much struggled last game, actually. Uh, the, the bench needs to step up. Terrence Davis needs to wake up. We need to see Thompson or Endor land or even Bagley produce a little bit in the low block. It, they, they need to be able to give the starters a spell, a spell. What do I said like a spell uh, because the starting five, I like the starting five right now. We haven't really talked about it too much. 
with Harkless at the four and then how the other guys are playing. When Fox gets going, I like that starting five and what they can do with starting five. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with everything. Okay, good. <laughs> with no, everything I mean, you lit out. No, we're we, speechless there for yes. a second. I was like, oh, wow. Um, Best no, point no, I'm no, no. Like, Nate. it's, yeah, uh-huh. I, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, so bench production. Um, this is a big game for Terrence Davis because people are starting to harp on him. Buddy Heald at least, you know, had that bad game against the Warriors, but he had two good games uh, against Portland and against the Warriors. So he's got like a little bit of a buffer, a little bit of space to work with. Terrence Davis is 0 for 3. He's he's struck out so far. Yeah, so, and, I, and I do wonder if not having – he got used to playing with Halliburton last season, right, and not having Buddy with him Yeah, as well, which I think – I. I almost think he's forcing because some of his shots from last year aren't necessarily there with what Barnes are taking, you know, what Barnes is taking now really good, smart shots, which we want him to keep taking, um, trying to figure out how to play with buddy, how to play with, um, Davion, which isn't a total playmaker yet. Like, I think he's going to get there, but I also think he's kind of being asked, you know, again, it's part of that. These guys have to get used to this new role. Um, and they showed that they could do it during parts of the preseason games, right? Like, so we know it's there. Um, and it's just going to take one game for one of these guys to right for them to get hot. And it's, it's going to be lights out uh, and it'll be fun to watch, but yeah, it needs to happen. And whether Luke can do a better job of having Halliburton and Fox, one of them always, we keep saying this, we want to see one, you know, one of the two of them always on the court, during um during part of the game just because they do elevate that that playmaking uh, ability with the rest of the roster so i i think it's luke still has to figure out his rotation pieces out um as well as these guys you know figuring out their their roles and and when to pick and choose uh their spots to go and and even if davis similar to buddy like what a lot of times it's once he sees it the ball yeah, go I was, in. I was going to say this. Yes. And, and he Get to the can line. take to the basket. He can drive. He can like, he can do, he's very athletic in that sense. So if, if the outside shot's not there, then, then take it. Um, You know, yes. Get to the line, do something, but see, see the ball go in the hoop first. So it's easy to um, see the appeal yeah. of Davis and healed off the bench because oh, yeah. when they're both working and they're both banging on all cylinders, then yeah. Holy shit. That that's when Fox be... was there with them on that preseason game. And yeah. it was literally like parting, parting the seas. Yeah. <laughs> no, everything's a yeah. go in that scenario opens up everything, which is of course why you want to have outside shooters. It spreads everything out. So yeah, it'll be very fun to watch once they both get clicking, but it's a bummer yeah. right now in these first three games that we haven't seen that because we had, especially after watching preseason, such high expectations for both of them. And I'm still a believer in Terrence Davis. It's crazy that he's so young. I feel like, uh, I mean, he obviously hasn't been in the league very long, but I feel like I've known of his name. He's been on the Raptors, uh, but he's, I think he's 24. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's young. He's very young and he's yeah. very much, that's why they gave him that contract extension. Like he's a part of that core he's supposed to be a key bench player on this team for Monty McNair and Luke Walton. So now you got to show it TD. You got, you got to start showing it TD three, uh, which is an underrated nickname, by the way, especially if he starts making his threes. Uh, any other things we want to highlight before we get into this game before, before they uh, face off against Phoenix? Do you think they can win this game? Do, do you feel confident in this one? If they keep 
playing defense like they've played in the first half of every game, like if you can figure that out consistently, consistently, I don't see how they won't be in like every game. They should, right. I mean, playing and like that, you so should far. be in every game, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, what do we always say? This is why you play, right? Like any given night, um, it can be your night. So yeah, go out there and do what you're supposed to do. And you're giving yourself a shot. You, you know, should they win? No, I think Phoenix is the better team, but can they, can they win? Yes. Yeah. They, they have the talent to win in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of a, a mindset we can have for pretty much every Kings game, especially here in the early going is, can they win? Sure. They have the talent. Do we think they should win or that they are the better team? No, probably not. <laughs> uh, New Orleans might be an exception. I do think that right now for sure they're a better team than New Orleans. Yeah. Which is why we said, right. If they can, if they can figure out how to go 500, if not more by squeezing out a win against someone you don't think you're going to like, that's, that always yeah. helps along the way. <laughs> anything, anything helps the confidence boost. Am I right? So. Uh, I'm going to throw out just for no reason, uh, a score prediction for this game, just because we're doing it before the game. I'm going to say the Kings do win this game. I'm going to do, I'm going to say 112 to 107. Just to throw it out there in the atmosphere, see if I'm even remotely close. If I get it exactly right, Jill, just prepare. I will definitely brag about it for, again, no reason. It's not like that's a crazy thing I just did, but I will make it seem like it was crazy if I guess this correct. <laughs> uh, I definitely think it's going to, both teams are going to score over 100, especially with the way their defenses have both been a little inconsistent. Suns, as you touched on, have not really got their defensive game gelling so far. Uh, I'm excited to see what they do as down low to, to counter DeAndre Ayton and JaVale McGee, who's obviously, you know, kind of a laughable player, but he's very big and athletic and but still does his job very well. Right? Like, yeah, yep. I do think we're going to see a lot more Alex Len in this game. Um, probably we no Matt, Marvin, Beck, yeah. you should, I, I'd prefer to see Len against Ayton than Thompson personally, but Len's just like the big bowling. You know, I, I love everything about Alex Len for no other reason, just than the fact that I know he'll put he brings that toughness too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Kings fans, he's we not really... afraid to put a foul on anybody either. No, no. <laughs> and we got, uh, you know, a glimpse of that originally when he was acquired before the shutdown. And man, I, I mm-hmm. no, no, don't know about you, Jill. I didn't even know about, I didn't know you then or know anything about the hoop ball or these, most of these people I've come to contact now, but dang, I was actively like hyping up Alex Len on Twitter and out there in the world during that time. Cause that, I was, that was his best in baseball. of basketball in yeah. his entire career. They yeah. Were both I mean, so for good reason, like he had been searching for a spot yeah. um, to click and for whatever reason, he just fits well um, with this group. And yeah, he's had the best, the best numbers of his career here. So uh, hopefully yeah. it can keep going and Alex Len revenge works, game man. too. Whatever Alex works. Len revenge game drafted by the Suns fifth overall yep. out of Maryland. Yep. Uh, don't know what year that is. I'm just surprised I even remembered what pick he was and where he went to college. I know those are both correct. But yeah, Alex Len revenge game. We can write that up as a potential storyline. Uh, okay, something we wanted to cover. It's been popular. Uh, everyone's been sharing it, especially one particular photo. But the Kings, they play on Halloween. Halloween is on Sunday. Uh, a lot of people, I'm sure, are going to be doing stuff Saturday. It's, it's a bummer when Halloween doesn't fall on Saturday because that's like, or Friday. Like those are, those are the ideal days to have Halloween, if we're being honest. But Halloween's on a Sunday. The Kings play in Dallas that day. So they'll not be able to celebrate Halloween, which I'm sure all these 20-something-year-old dudes would want to celebrate Halloween. I'm sure Luke Walton's a huge Halloween guy. So they instead, Jill, this is kind of cool. I don't remember something like this happening in years past. They had a, a Halloween If they party. did, they didn't necessarily post it, right? right. I mean, yeah, they didn't share yeah. about it. 
um, which I guess if they did it last year during COVID, they probably didn't want to, wouldn't want to share. Uh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been a no, while. <laughs> it's been a while, right? <laughs> Finally returning to normal in some senses, but yeah, they threw a big Halloween party at somebody's house. Um, I'm not sure if we knew, know who house, whose house it is. Uh, it looks like probably a house out in El Dorado Hills or something, something lavish. And everyone came decked out or in costumes. Or rented a spot, yeah. Or rented a spot, yeah. So they can just destroy it. And they had poker tables set up and stuff. Like, it looked like a fun evening. Um, and it, and it makes sense. You know, they had Saturday off. They knew they weren't going to have um, a chance to do anything as a, you know, for that day. So they did it a little early. They enjoyed it. Good team um, bonding. And then a big thing right there. It's team bonding in which you don't need just team bonding, you know, when you're struggling. You need team bonding all throughout the year. That's how you keep the team going. And they all seem to go out in their costumes, which was cool too. Like they, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to throw this on and this will be like it. It genuinely seemed like they had a lot of fun putting, putting thought into it. Oh yeah. They weren't, they didn't half ass these costumes. So that's what I'm actually going to do here, Jill, is I'm going to throw, we're going to name who we thought we had the best costume. De'Aaron Fox already said who he thought won the costume contest. Um, And I wrote down what they were wearing. Most of them, or at least the ones that were worth like jotting down. Um. Tyrese Halliburton's is the most obvious. He was absolutely dedicated to being the Grinch, like head to toe, face painted, had the suit on his girlfriend. I mean, yeah, uh, his girlfriend was what's her name? Mary Sue. I forget the girl's name. And Cindy Lou, Cindy Lou, something something with Lou or Sue. Um, (laughs) And then they even had a dog that had the antlers on it, uh, which I'm forgetting the dog's name now, too. I haven't seen the Grinch in a long time. But no, they looked great. I definitely think they're probably the winners. However, uh, Rico Hines really went all out with his Chucky outfit. Yeah. A, uh, like a reference. I think that Bar- I, yeah. I, I think, think Barnes had the money heist. No. I think Barnes had the money heist um, costume from a Netflix show. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of that show. Uh, um, Davion Mitchell was wearing the it costume. It, yeah. And, and according I'm not big to on clown. So no, I, I could have really? done <laughs> But De'Aaron, I think they said he never took it off. Yeah, I was about to say, De'Aaron said he would not take it off, which is hilarious. Um, like that, that's dedication right there. It's creepy. Uh, and then I'm going I'm to save the healed one for last. Luke Walton was Ted Lasso. We've talked about Ted Lasso on the show. I'm a huge fan of Ted Lasso. I believe everybody yes. is, a, is a fan of Ted Lasso. If you're not, if you haven't seen it, you got to buy Apple TV and watch it. I bought Apple TV literally to watch Ted Lasso. No regrets. Fantastic movie or fantastic show, excuse me. Um, Walton, a little half-assed with his uh, Ted Lasso attire. He had the mustache, and he put on, like, a soccer jacket. I don't know. I didn't see the whole thing. I only saw, like, his upper body. I feel like he could have put, like, the aviators, at least, or a visor. Because I was thinking about being Ted Lasso. He might have had that. Well, let's – he might have had that, just not for the picture. So, But, like – Why would you take it off for the I was saying earlier, too, like, Ted's so simple that I think he just went, like, the simple – Ted Lasso route too. Like it's you see, like seeing him, you knew what it was. Right. Oh I mean, yeah. Like, right away. It was like thumbs you know, up too. Um, but he very well could have had the uh um the whistle or you know the sunglasses right. or all that stuff. They were inside, so we'll give him the benefit that maybe he, you know, it's true. He had stuff and took it off, but yeah. Alvin Gentry was dressed. I couldn't figure this one out. Did you? He's just as a baseball player, but I didn't know what the reference was. Oh, it was from the Rockford Peaches, like a league of their own. The league of their own. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I was thinking. That's what I it was assuming like. it was Tom Hanks' character. He was being Tom yeah, Hanks. I was like, that's what my dad's this <laughs> this year following too. But I yeah, love no, that. I love that movie. I love that movie. The and Rockford Peaches. Yeah, Rockford Peaches. I think they're a real team too, because that's obviously based on a true story of the mm-hmm. women's league during World War II. 
Um, there's another clown too. I, I think that's Alex Len dressed as a clown, like just a flat out like killer clown is what it seems. Mm-hmm. That's a no for me, dog. That one's not a fan. Chimezi Metu, uh, Tristan Thompson just said, screw it. We're not coming as anything. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at all the photo group photo right now. Someone's dressed as a hippie, which is how I'm dressing up for this weekend. So I appreciate who dressed up as a hippie. I don't know who that is. Uh, but the real winner, the person that posted about their costume on social media, then immediately deleted it. And I'm not sure why. Oh, for Betty. <laughs> yeah, I, it might, maybe it was a little too revealing. I'm it not was quite too sure. suggestive. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it was very suggestive. <laughs> but it was that, funny. It was very funny. Buddy Heald was a pharaoh. Uh, showing I saw off someone that saying he be- that he was buying into Will's bringing the gold back. <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Maybe that's his subtle message. Maybe that's why he deleted it, because someone was like, are you suggesting you like gold jerseys? He was like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, someone just dressed yeah, up as a raft too, yeah. which basketball team, that's simple. Uh, but anyway, look like fun. I, I, those things, it, you know, we've, we've joked about this. It's, it's crazy how when you've been a Kings fan for a long time, they've given us so much misery for so long that the littlest of things, the smallest glimmer of happiness and fun make us happy. We'll make you go, oh, that's so fun. Yeah, yeah just oh, like it, when they were practicing today and they were yes. doing the, the three-point shooting drills and they had to make four in a row and if they made four in a row then the coaches would run and it took them ragging the tries. coaches as the coaches were running yeah and we're yeah. just like oh my god look at them having fun yeah now let's yeah hope they don't get their teeth kicked in and they you know yeah like, are <laughs> no one's making anybody cry <laughs> yeah no assistant no general mad. managers are accusing the coach no one's of, getting kicked uh, out of practice nobody's getting kicked out of practice um we're Marvin meetings yeah Marvin Bagley's so, team is know. going to hear this and immediately blow everything up, light everything on fire. Cause that's apparently what these guys like to do. Uh, but Jill, do we have a winner? That was the whole point of all this. Do we, do we, are we going to crown someone with uh, the best costume? Well, I mean, you have to go Halliburton, even though yeah. that's like, seems so obvious, extra. but it's also I extra. mean, it's, but I would just say, I mean, for how long he probably had to sit there to do the makeup so and all that stuff, but it came out so good. It looked fantastic. Um, and his girlfriend was dedicated to doing it too. And then the yeah, dog. They did. The, yeah. I think everyone would probably say Halliburton won that one. I don't think and, Fox and, did though. Well, I think he's, I think he said he wouldn't because he knew that was, oh, it was like, too odd. Yeah, that's right. And so, but in that sense, like we could say the same thing, but like he deserved, like if you're going to crown someone, he deserved it. <laughs> like, at the end of the yes. day, he deserved it. Yeah. De'Aaron said, Alex Lyon, who was the killer clown, Rico Hines, who was Chucky, and then himself, which I, I don't know what De'Aaron just as. I can't see him in this photo. Um, I think he might be a burger. I don't know why. <laughs> I can't, but because, you know, he's had the polarizing debate over what burger joints uh, in and out or yep. um, was it what's burger? Yep. What, um, I can't remember. What a burger or something. What a burger. Yeah, yeah. I've never had that. Uh, and, and yeah, De'Aaron Fox said Tyrese Halliburton, quote, did a lot, so he doesn't count. <laughs> see that, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a fair point he, he's doing a little too much but yeah that's good stuff makes me excited for halloween it's crazy how halloween is just like one of those holidays that you know really 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 would seem like it's just something you do when you're a kid but it really it has this lasting effect you just find different ways to celebrate halloween mm-hmm. yeah uh, are you doing anything for halloween actually while you're with uh, the fam you gonna take the niece out trick-or-treating the niece yeah and then the neighborhood does uh like contest for the most decorated house and all that well, that's awesome. so my brother-in-law goes like all out there's like sliding howling ghosts and spiders that jump out at you and all kinds of um crazy stuff so yeah um 
so yeah staying around here and then taking her around and we're all she wants us all to dress up so i'll be wonder woman <laughs> oh hell yeah jill i heard the second so. movie wasn't very good uh, i was a huge fan of the first one um i didn't like it as much as the first but yeah yeah i love but it was yeah, still Gail I mean, for what it was yeah it's a dc movie they, they they're entertaining at the very least all right uh before we uh close it out and just do a little review i do want to throw out catching you off guard too but we have some time we've yet to do this um the game that the last game that i had wanted to introduce into this podcast called uh, takes the throne it's just our king storyline from the past week i wanted to do it on fridays because it's the end of the week and it makes more sense to do it that that day but we get usually distracted with our guests understandably so because we've had such amazing guests that we haven't done it yet so instead i'm going to put it here jill if you're not prepared with something that's fine um i got one but uh yeah, the point of it is very simple. What King's story, um, video, whatever it is that's coming out of King's land is takes the crown, takes the throne as the biggest one of this past week. So to take the lead here, just because I did prepare it, um, I think the, the storyline that takes the throne from these past seven days, from these first three games, is finishing with intensity, is finishing the games. Obviously, we've talked about that, but the key word and what Luke Walton's been saying and what we've been seeing in these practice videos is really trying to keep pushing down the concept of keeping it intense, keeping the defensive energy at max volume cranked up. Whatever you do, if your shots aren't going down, that's okay. Defense needs to be cranked. So I think that's the biggest storyline. That's, that's something we're seeing is the team is, I don't want to say pressing because it's not that dire, but they're definitely focusing their attention on start to finish having like that complete effort, which in most sports, basketball, football, baseball, it doesn't matter. When you start the seasons, a lot of teams will struggle with that idea, with that concept of having that complete team effort. The mm -hmm. Kings are in that right now, right? So that's my storyline. That takes a throw for me is trying to figure out how this 2021 Kings squad can put together a complete team victory. Yeah, and mine would go along the lines of that, of, of being consistent. Yeah, can this team, you know, because some of this, this group was here right last year. Can they ever just be consistent? Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's always just extremes, extreme, good, extreme, bad. Like if A they can coaster. find that middle ground <laughs> or yeah. even above that, right. And just play above that consistently. Uh, yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing still is it's only three games, but yes, it's, it's finding that consistency. Uh, and for a full 48 minutes yeah and, and think, consecutive games <laughs> like yes stacking so. stacking days right that i guess that that would be a very good theme takes a throne headline and, and maybe too. and maybe go Heinz's line. they are consistent they're just consistently inconsistent i don't know so <laughs> yes you don't want that uh but this is true so, though um but yeah that's that's the extent right now is just uh learning how to to play that full 48 consistent what's in the back of everybody's minds and why we are, I think most weary of these second half collapses is we, we endured last year. What was it? Two separate nine plus game losing streaks and then two separate like six or seven game win streaks. Like the team was consistently inconsistent, dragging us through the mud and then hoisting yeah. us up onto a, like a throne because we've been mentioning thrones. Like it was just total uh, ecstasy and then total pain. And just misery. So, and I think part of that is these guys getting out of their own heads too, right? Like yeah. we say it all the time. I can imagine that they're probably feeling it too. Like, here we go. You know, 
don't have that True. Second, Mental second fortitude. half collapse. Don't have that second half collapse. So, I, you know, the coaches are saying it and you know, the players are saying it. They know it just as much as we do. So, um, it's them being, yeah, mentally um, there and, and figuring that out. The, the, the like line that you straddle, a little threshold that you don't want to cross as a coach. Now that I've been a coach, I can act like, you know, I've got a ton of coaching experience. Um, but when you're talking about mental fortitude and getting these guys to finish a complete effort, you obviously, you know, communicate that with them. Like we're trying to play a perfect, not perfect, but a, a full 48, start to finish, give me a good effort. But at the same time, because as you're saying it, like they got to get out of their own heads, you almost don't even want to mention it because then now you're putting that in their mind and they're thinking about it. It's like, ideally, you don't want them to think about it at all, right? You don't want them to think about, oh shit, we don't want to collapse again. You don't want that because then when you think about it, you're more likely to succumb to it, right? So that's that's an interesting thing I, I, I find about that concept about trying to relay that to your team is I got to tell them this, but at the same time, do I want to tell them this? Do I want to put it in there and then co- have that be the reason they collapse because they're thinking too much about it? It's a... I don't know the solution to that, obviously. Um, I'm thankfully, not getting paid to do that, try and put that together. But that's like a, it's a tough, it's, it's a catch-22, I guess, of a situation. And Luke Walton got to figure it out and his staff. Uh, okay, closing thoughts. Anything that we want to throw out from around the NBA, not just in relation to our Kings, Jill, any storylines uh, or other just things we've noticed from the last couple of days of games? The Celtics and Thunder, or the Celtics and Hornets, excuse me. Hornets specifically, they're dope. They're a lot of fun to watch. Uh, specifically the Hornets, LaMelo Ball. Like he's he's that dude. Yeah, it's, um, yeah they've kind of picked up where they left off last year, really, and, True. and continued uh, playing well. They added some talent. Um, and the guys that you would hope to see playing, I mean, uh, Miles Bridges is playing out of his mind right now. And that's, you know, and him and PJ kind of switched roles there where he was coming off the bench last year and PJ was starting. Now PJ Washington's off the bench and Miles is starting and he's taken that role and run with it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, because they're a younger team, too, if they can definitely they can keep it going. The Knicks are very good. Uh, They beat the Sixers for the first time in like over a year or um, not uh, more than that. I think over like I think it's been like 15 games or something. It's been a long time since they beat the, the Sixers. Madison Square Garden is electric. They have a team motto going that I, I think you've seen the video. It's just, it's bing bong. That's just what they've been saying all over. Nick's Twitter account, Nick's players, everyone's just all on this bing bong train. I had to look it up to understand what the hell it was about. It's from the video of the fans in the streets and one of the fans' responses would literally just bing bong. And of course, people latch onto that because that's the age we live in. Hilarious though. I think it's awesome. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. Of All I could watch. think about was that movie Inside Out. I think the yes, little like, the feelings guy was being. Yeah, doesn't yeah. people die? Doesn't he die? Spoilers. He falls into that he like sacrifices never himself, to return. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Sorry if you yeah. haven't seen uh, Inside Out. Fantastic Pixar movie. Um, yeah. All right. Well, and the Thunder, uh, just to give them a shout out, they give the Warriors a run for their money. I would have loved it if the Thunder beat the Warriors. And they're good. They have, they're not good. They're 0 4. But they have so much tantalizing young talent that they're a team that I would, if I had league pass, I would definitely watch the Thunder. I am a huge fan of Lou Dort. It's a Dorcher Chamber. That's a nickname that some someone came up for him. That's like probably the most epic nickname I've ever heard for a player because he is. Yeah, I loved him at ASU. Oh, is that where he What's went to that? school? Yep. I didn't know that. You're My an alum. Yeah, yep. about to say. There you go. Yeah. All right. So well, he he was crazy like that back then in college. He was everywhere. 
Yeah. Is he French? Did he come from France? Or did I, is that just his name is very French? Mm, that I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I, I just, I might've just made yeah. that up. I also thought Timothy Chamolet was from France. He's from New York. Just a super <laughs> French name. Uh, okay. Well, that's going to do it. Ancestors, you know. No, for sure. He's definitely yeah. like, I'm fairly confident. <laughs> he's very French parents. They're naming him Or Timothy. they just pronounce it that way. <laughs> yeah. Actually, they just pronounce it Timothy. Actually, it's it. Maybe it is pronounced Timothy. I don't think it is. I don't know. My mind's going a million different ways now off that one. Go watch Dune, though. Fantastic movie. All right. That's going to do it for us on this uh, Wednesday podcast. We'll be back Friday. Uh, hopefully grabbing ourselves another guest to join us um, to sec- dissecting this Kings versus Sun game, getting ready for the remaining three games on this road trip, Pelicans, Mavs, and, and Jazz. So get a win tonight, Kings. That would be very, very huge. Slater, dudes.